Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Give a hundred percent try to entrepreneurship at least once. Even if you fail, you will learn a lot more than your peers. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of the show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So I'm sure you've thought of this before, like I have, this concept of how important play is. I thought of it so many times. I was listening to the book, um, Essentialism. It reminded me of the, the key importance of play and rest in productivity, in being our best selves. And I think as driven people, it's the first thing we sacrifice. We sacrifice sleep, we sacrifice personal time, we sacrifice play in order to get more done. But actually what ends up happening is we become foggier mentally and we get less done and we're depleted and energetically taxed. And so incorporating that time to play is just a vital part in being our best driven selves and I know that it's something that I want to be more mindful of uh, moving forward I'd like to think that I've been mindful of it in the past and I have my moments but then I, I so quickly forget so I'm glad it's come up again and I plan to go play maybe go to the beach or I don't even know you know it's like I have to explore to even think what is play for me I admittedly do not play enough so is it pottery making is it is it planting flowers like what it what is play for me so I think it's important that I incorporate play into my daily or often weekly um, living I'm just driving around so if you hear my car bumps that's what that sound is I hope you enjoy the next episode welcome 
to the We Are LA Tech podcast, elevating LA tech companies and talent. So excited. Today's episode is a special edition episode featuring an incredible, incredible entrepreneur who in such a short amount of time while in college was able to have a side hustle that got him $50,000 doing an art project. I thought it was so interesting and how he utilized technology in order to do something to make his dreams become a reality. And I wanted to invite him to the show. Welcome, Harshit. How are you? Thank you for having me, Aspri. I am just doing great. And how are you? I'm so excited to have you on the show and for you to be able to share your story with everyone. So kind of to kick things off, tell us a little bit about who you are and what this project was about. So I graduated three years back and I started uh, this uh, project back in my college. I was just walking across some streets and saw some people sitting down beside the roads and they were drawing very meticulously. They were drawing portraits. I saw that uh, some people are coming there, sitting on the chair, sitting there for 25 minutes. And that artist used to draw their exact face on a piece of paper. So people were awestruck. It was a phenomenal talent. And uh, like I was also surprised that someone can draw so good. But that also sparked two thoughts in my mind. One was the level of precision could be improved. And uh, I saw an error of 10 to 30% when I compared the face of the person standing in front of me and the drawing that the artist made. Second thought was, uh, since I was already interested in entrepreneurship, I used to follow blogs, articles, TechCrunch, and all across the globe. This entire space of custom art was little less explored and needed some more attention. So that's where it, the idea got sparked. And I went on to brainstorm it further, discuss with my friends and family, relatives, cousins, my artist friends also. So everyone was very much welcoming. And in fact, people loved the idea if they could receive a portrait in a gift. And that's where my catch was because people making or getting a portrait done for their self is very rare, but, but, but people gifting someone else a portrait in on a special occasion, like birthday, Valentine's day, right? That, that was something everyone craved for. So that was the uh, kind of Eureka moment you can say that how that street artist and inspiration from a street artist and how this entire industry uh, was uh, at that time and uh, how my friend friends reacted and told me further about it and that's where the idea took some shape so book my painting as a platform where we have a lot of artists from different places of the world who are really good at making custom hand painted portraits from photos. So you have to give us a picture of your beloved and choose an art style, be it oil painting, be it charcoal drawing or watercolor painting. And our artist will make a real handmade painting of that picture. 
real portrait painting of your beloved will be delivered to them as their birthday gift or anniversary gift or whatever occasion that is and we do global deliveries we deliver to every country in the world that accepts e-commerce and we have also served a lot of customers from uh, united states canada europe india australia so people are just loving the concept of custom portraits and the thing is these are so personalized you cannot actually give something more personalized than a painting of the person itself and how did you create the first website had you created a website before how did you go about creating the commerce to power selling art at the right time to the right people so i started not with a website i had very uh, different approach uh, i do not know how that was but probably because of my own uh, readings and some entry barrier because i am not a technical person so i did not know how to code a website so that entry barrier led me to explore other spaces and now i realized that was a right approach the approach was i started with an instagram page and a facebook page i started posting some of my friends were also artists so i asked them if you could uh, give us uh, some your past portrait works that i can post on social media they were okay with that i posted their works on instagram page and uh, facebook page in some uh, facebook groups where i saw some good traction and that's where uh, i saw that people are interested so i kept doubling down on social media only and started making a gallery on instagram and my, on my facebook page and later on after a month or two i asked one of my juniors to uh, build a website just a layout gallery type of layout i did not know how exactly how much time an e-commerce website will take so i asked him just to make a quick layout so that someone can view there and put up a lead if they are interested later on uh, as i learned more in marketing learned more about the websites wordpress shopify and all that uh, i started trying my hands on shopify previously i was uh, somewhat re not receptive to these platforms of spending money but later i realized that's the wrong habit i should spend money if i'm running a profitable business so i started with shopify and then i went on to uh, develop uh, the pages and change the layouts and all that later on we moved on to wordpress so that's where the entire uh, path changed from instagram page to a single page website then yeah. to shopify then to wordpress the end of your story is that you ended up selling $50,000 worth of art which is not an easy thing to accomplish and everybody every day wants to put together something and sell something and use social media to gain awareness it's hard and most people fail at it so what were the key factors that enabled you to actually succeed and sell so much art and make a profit so here's the thing 
people might say that it was a failure or a success in making 50000 plus dollars but the revenue of my ninth month was equal equivalent to the revenue of my last eight months cumulative so for the first eight months the amount of revenue i made that much revenue i made in ninth month so i did not have initial traction i learned on marketing i learned on social media marketing putting out content and blog post running facebook ads google ads and everything and gradually i kept on uh, doing some experiments trials a lot of errors again lot of testing a lot of failed ads totally targeted to not interested people on facebook and that <laughs> led to learning not interested people that's so funny <laughs> exactly so nobody was buying i thought i suck at marketing but no my tactics were wrong my strategy was was wrong and that's where i learned that's how i learned like i did not uh, do any formal education in marketing i simply experimented more tested more and uh, learned from those mistakes noted down all the mistakes read a lot of blogs for seo i used to follow neil patel blog brian dean semrush i love semrush like just a big shout out to them and i'm very fond of facebook ads so initially i was a, a bit skeptical on uh, spending money on marketing because that's not uh, how startups are supposed to think because that's not the trend startups are right. supposed to innovate right. <laughs> they are not supposed to spend money and gain traction but i realized if you have money you should spend wisely so i learned every, everything on the go i did not have any set prerequisite or any formal education at all and what were the marketing tactics that were really effective for you like you did a lot of what was wrong and then what was right especially in facebook ads i used to think that i should first be sending um, showing traffic based ads to people the people who are listening to this podcast and are uh, knowing about facebook ads they must be knowing that there are some campaign objectives that they have to select right. if you are selecting if you are selecting traffic objective and expecting sales that is fundamentally wrong the aim of that campaign that you are telling to facebook is to get traffic and that is not to get you sales so you either have to build a retargeting funnel a pure funnel that retargets people and uh, gets them more interested and gets them to act and then you have to start with traffic ads and then retarget with some uh, other ads or you start with conversion based ads directly so that's where you are targeting people who are more tend to buy products and not just view or like initially in fact i also used to uh, run engagement ads i thought i'm getting a lot of likes and comments so that's uh, very cool people are interested so people might comment uh, what uh, how much does this cost how much would that uh, be but people did comment but they never bought because they did not have the tendency and i was wrong because i trusted my own uh, efficiency over facebook's artificial intelligence right so here is the thing facebook and google have all the data in the world 
Yeah. Their ML and AI algorithms are best in the world. It's better to let them do the job rather than optimizing on our own simple instincts that have no fundamental base at all. If you're looking at data and then optimizing that, it makes sense. But if you're simply thinking that, okay, I might be knowing more than Facebook, you are fundamentally going in the wrong direction. So Facebook ads was the main driver that led to sales for your art site. Is that correct? On the later stages, yes. In the initial stages, content marketing was the primary driver. And in fact, referrals, we designed some campaigns that uh, people would get more discount on the next order, a lot more discount if they could refer one person. We did not do that in a tech techie manner. We initially had a very manual system, but later on we uh, like bought some tools also. And referral and word of mouth was very strong. And in fact, it is still strong. We still get a lot of people coming back to us, telling us that we got to know about this and we are really interested. So initially, uh, like Instagram marketing was most important for us and very much effective because Instagram is primarily for photographers and artists. And that's where the main focus is. Uh, in fact, uh, it's a visual thing. So it's kind of obvious that Instagram is the place for art also. And apart from that, uh, I, real, uh, I had a firm belief that SEO pays out really well, really well in the long term. So I should start working on that. So I started the blog and I hired some people, actually interns, college interns, and uh, on a stipend. And uh, I asked, I gave them topics. You have to write on these, these topics. And that's where my understanding of funnel uh, came into place. So I selected the topics based on the level of interest. We categorized some topics based on art, based on gifting, based on home decor, based on pets, because we saw a huge traction for, from pet parents. And we wrote blogs around those topics. And then initially the, those did not pay off, but I knew that this takes time, SEO takes time. And eventually after an year, uh, or a few months, things started uh, coming up and we started gaining some traffic. And uh, so it was a parallel uh, machine working for us on automation because we had once put in our efforts and time and it was on automation. And in parallel, we were focusing on content marketing on Facebook and Instagram used to uh, post some good artworks there. And apart from that, I was uh, starting to learn Google ads, Google search ads to be specific and Facebook ads and, and just experiment all of that. When you were initially doing the content marketing at the very beginning, what research did you do that led to the greatest results? Like if someone were to replicate your process, what should they be executing on? Because there's a lot of information on the internet. There's a lot of content marketing. And like I said, most companies don't even gain one 
extra set of eyeballs from anywhere so that you were able to get so many customers that in the end, like it led to a tremendous amount of sales as like a side hustle. This is everybody's dream. What was it about the content marketing? Meaning like what were the specific things that you did that someone else could try for themselves? So the key to content marketing is copywriting and storytelling. I think in fact, marketing can be summed up in these two words. Half of the marketing is all about copywriting and creating great, great hooks. And other half, remaining half of the marketing is storytelling. If you are able to create great hooks and grab their attention and build a story after that so that you can keep their attention, you have them then. You just have their attention and you can show, you can uh, sell them in a subtle way. And uh, that, that actually applies to all the formats, be it on Instagram, you have to write a very catchy caption. We have to post uh, the photographs in a manner that are looking aesthetically better than simply posting an artwork. You, if you need to make a collage or if you need to do something else, you have to make it aesthetically good. And copywriting, your caption does the work. And then the storytelling part. Similarly, on the blog also, your cover image, the header image, plays an important role in getting you click. Because if that does not entice the reader, entice the user on the website, then he won't even click on it. So getting attention through copywriting and maintaining attention through storytelling is actually the key and is the fundamental that can be applied on any platform. And that's how uh, all the marketing works. Yes. And it's still hard to get eyeballs. How did you get those initial eyeballs? How did you get people to read your amazing copywriting? How did those people find you? So the initial traction, you have to actually push and uh, push on uh, those social platforms, be really consistent and figure out some key growth hacks there. Our growth hack was Quora. Quora. We... There, okay, now we're getting into <laughs> it. You're keeping it on lockdown. We're opening of the truck. Go Quora. Quora is something that is very underutilized. Exactly. So Quora was, I was not even considering it for uh, sales, for sales of art. But I realize a lot of people are asking here questions what is the best gift I can gift to my girlfriend? What should I give to my mom? What would be the perfect gift for my parents' anniversary? A lot of such, uh, such direct questions and a lot of indirect questions where they were simply searching for a good present, not for a specific occasion. Like a lot of questions were very intriguing and that's where we knew that we have to follow these. We have to understand what are the most followed questions and what are the questions that people are actively reading on them? Because every question has some answers. It shows how many views it has. So we started answering those questions. I, again, I hired a bunch of people, <laughs> go all into Quora and publish as many answers as possible, making it look natural. It should not look a sales post. It has to first answer the question and then it has to answer 
I mean, put in our book, my painting, uh, photograph their example there or heading to website. So that was the key thing. So you have to find out exactly what platform can work best for you. Mm -hmm. Is it Quora? Is it Insta? Is it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit? Really track those conversions. Yeah. Like test them all, do little small micro tests and track which one is leading to the most conversion. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, uh, how, uh, which will be the platform that will get you the most traction and which will get you the maximum conversion rate. Because if you are putting in a lot of efforts on one platform and getting traction, but you have to actually analyze, is this effort worth all the time and money I'm investing? I invested a lot of time on Facebook also, but Facebook did not give a good result there. Until so later. Until the yeah, Facebook until, ads later on. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about uh, uh, Facebook organic, organic, like without ads, yeah. they did not perform well, but right. Facebook ads did perform well. So every platform has some traction uh, possibility and some fundamental conversion rate that you can expect. So how to weigh down all the platforms where, uh, where's the balance between some good traction and some good conversion rate. And once you uh, narrow down to two, three platforms, you will be able to focus it better. And how many, um, how many core questions did you answer a day or a week? I think it was uh, more than, uh, more than 10 per week. I think one, uh, one per day was the bare minimum we were targeting. But since you were also focusing on other stuff on growing, see, see here's the thing we were, uh, when we were knowing that this is a good platform to push in further. We started in fact publishing more than 15 per week. So that's two answers per week. We in fact also saved a lot of answers in draft, like got them written. Right. It, those are ready, but let's not publish and spam the entire Quora feed and catch the eye of Quora a team and get banned. So that is also important. You should not overdoing, should not, should not be overdoing it. It has to be balanced so that it looks natural and not a spam or a robot. Totally. Thank you so much. Any last shares that you have and where can people check out this site right now? So people can visit bookmypainting.com. We have six art styles, oil painting, charcoal drawing, watercolor, painting, pencil color drawing, pencil sketch and line art caters to a wide range of uh, budget from $30, $40 to super uh, high end. That is $200 to $50, $300 also. And we have a quick turnaround time. We can deliver anywhere in the world in 10 days. And actually that varies. I should uh, be uh, putting it out here. The time, the turnaround time also varies with the art style and uh, the quicker ones can be completed in a week and shipped. So we have a good turnaround time and we do keep regular check how exactly and how precise the paintings are being made. And uh, we do take care of uh, everything end to end and we ensure that the occasion that the customer has the user has is something they will remember forever 
Amazing. And where can people connect with you? So I'm active on Twitter and uh, they can find me on Harshit Sony 05. H-A-R-S-H-I-T-S-O-N-I-05. Amazing. So that's my Twitter handle. Thank you so much. Any last piece of advice for everyone? Something that's really helped you accelerate and guide you throughout your journey. There are actually two pieces of advice that I would like to give. One, if you are in your 20s or in your teens, you must give a 100% try to entrepreneurship at least once. Even if you fail, you will learn a lot more than your peers. I firmly believe and I advise everyone I meet. Second piece of advice is I heard this from Gary Venerchuk. He talks about patience and speed, macro patience and micro speed. You have to be very quick in delivering your daily shipments, daily iterations, daily and weekly and monthly iterations. And you still have to be really patient for the results to come out. Things may not even look like moving a needle at all for even six months. Like I said, for the first eight months, my revenue was nothing. My total revenue for the first eight months was equal to just nine months revenue itself. So you don't know when exactly things will start and have the watershed moment and when the snowball starts rolling down the hill. How do you know to keep on going? Like, how do you know when, hey, this just isn't working, I should stop? Because imagine if you stopped in month eight. So what kept you going to month nine? That's a really good question. And the key is to talking to your users. Talk to users on a daily basis on all the social media platforms, all the people who are buying from you, all the people who are filling up the lead form but not buying. And these are the most important people. People actually ignore these people who are filling up the leads, but not buying from you. They ignore this. But this segment of people is the most important because these will tell you why they don't want to buy what is lacking in the product or in your service or in what are they expecting. So talking to users and building in public is, I think, the key thing here. And in fact, I would also like to suggest a book, The Mom Test. Which That's one? The Mom Test. The Mom the, Test. The Mom yeah, Test. Yeah, I've never <laughs> even heard of it, but it sounds so smart. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that actually... Uh, talks a lot about how to talk to users because fundamentally we ask wrong questions to people and uh, we get wrong answers and we give uh, keep on working on that and that ends up to nowhere because asking wrong questions leads to wrong answers and wrong direction. The key is to talking to users and asking them right questions. And in fact, people have some privilege issue or ego issue uh, not all, I'm not generalizing, but they do have that they, should they do customer support? I am a firm believer that founders should always do, if not all, but some part of customer support, because that's when you actually realize the core pain points. That's when you are understanding what a user is thinking while buying your product, while not buying your product, because your end salesperson might not be grasp 
uh, might not be able to grasp as much details as the founder. It is important for you that you keep talking to users and that's and accordingly uh, steer your ship, steer your uh, startup in the right direction. If you need to uh, turn the ship to some different direction, you, you know by listening to them, listening to your users and building public. That's the trend, that's the fashion, and actually that's also very important. Twitter is just kidding it. I'm just loving it. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time with the We Are LA Tech podcast and sharing your story. To connect and collaborate with incredible people in the Los Angeles tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. This is Harshit Soni, founder of Book My Painting. We are a tech-enabled e-commerce platform. We make custom handmade portraits from photos. You are listening to VRLA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora. With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.